0: Okay, here we are again this year. We find ourselves in a time of uh, a time to do tshuva, as it says in the Shulchan Aruch, And uh, we might have a complacent attitude about our commitment to Yiddishkeit, about to Judaism. Generally speaking, we're happy with uh, with our lives. Probably wouldn't change our uh, daily schedule. We come to shul, we uh, attend classes, we learn Torah, and we're generally committed to the major institutions that we feel are important. And pretty much, Hashem is happy with us. It's true that people make mistakes, as it says in Koheleth 7.20. There's no such righteous person that does good and doesn't make mistakes. But generally speaking, we're satisfied, as Ben Zoma says in Pirkei Avos chapter 4, who is the one who is rich? is To be satisfied and happy with our lives, and then we can proceed further. However, we find in the Shulchan Aruch, in the aforementioned place, that it is an obligation this evening to examine our lives to see perhaps maybe areas in which we can improve. Shulchan Aruch says that it, if if, slichos, if the Rosh Hashanah comes out to be on Monday or Tuesday, so we say Slichos the week before. However, it comes out to be later then we say Slichos later. There has to be a four-day period between Slichos and Rosh Hashanah. So the Mishnah Brura explains in the name of the El-Yarabba in number six, that the one of the sources is the is the is the following. One of the, the reasoning is the following: that the Talmud tells us in tractate on page ninety six a, that Ben Bagbag says that we learn from the carbon Pesach, from the sacrifice of the Pesach, that the carbon Atarbon, that the daily offering, the daily offering that was brought by the Tzibor, by the congregation, required that it should be set aside four days before its offering in order to check it, to make sure, as Rashi explains, that there are no blemishes whatsoever in the sacrifice, because if there are blemishes in the sacrifice, then it is disqualified. Therefore, there is an obligation to check the carbonatomy, the sacrifice of the Talmud, four days in advance, to make sure that there are no blemishes, so that it can be brought. So the Eliyahu Rabbi explains that in Parshat Pinchas, that when all of these sacrifices are quoted by all of them, it says, "Vikraftem, you shall offer the sacrifice. You bring it close. However, by the sacrifices of Rosh Hashanah, it says, V'asisem, and you shall do them. What is the difference in the language? What's the difference in the, in the, in, in, in the statement? In "Vaasisem, you shall do them. The difference is, says the el that on Rosh Hashanah, we sort of speak, do ourselves. We bring ourselves as a sacrifice, V'asisem you shall make yourself into a sacrifice. And therefore, since we make ourselves into a sacrifice, on Rosh Hashanah, which means that, like the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, page 16a, Ibrun lefanai Malchus," that you should say the verses of kingship, kidei so that in order that you should be able to coronate me on you, that we coronate God as the king of the universe on Rosh Hashanah. And our sacrifice could be said is, is that we are subjugate ourselves. We sacrifice our own personal interests for the sake of God's kingdom. We become the servants, the subject of Hashem. So we are considered like a sacrifice, like a carbon on Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, since a carbon requires four days of checking in advance, therefore we also have to start to say slichos to check ourselves four days in advance, at least four days in advance of Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, even if we may be complacent and we may be satisfied with the way our lives are going and our commitment, there is still an obligation this evening when we begin to say slichos to examine our lives and see what we can improve. So let's examine one area, perhaps maybe, that can improve. The Gemara tells us in tractate Psachim. That on Erev of Pesach, right before Pesach, the sacrifice of the carbon was the 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 Paschal Lamb. The carbon Pesach was brought, and there's a requirement that there should be three groups for the carbon Pesach. Three groups of all of the Jewish people should be split into three groups, and when they come to the Beis Hamikdash, there should be three groups. So the first group goes first, the second group goes second, and the third group goes third. So the Gemara in Psachim on page 65a quotes a Tosefta in chapter 4 that says that the third group is called a kas leitzanus, uh, atzlanus. It is called a group that is lazy. The third group is lazy. They came third. They should have been first. So the Gemara asks, what do you mean? Why are you calling them lazy for? There's a mitzvah that there should be three groups. So there's a first group, the second group, and the third group. So they're doing a mitzvah. You're, why are you calling the Makassai Tatslanas? Why are they lazy? So the Gemara says, an, 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 an unbelievable concept. And the Gemara says, you know, that it says in Kiddushin on page 82b, that every job that is, needs to be done will be taken by somebody. Somebody will do the job. Some people sell perfume and some people are tanners. Happy is the person who Sells perfume than the person who's a tanner because he smells. So, says the Gemara, yeah, it's true. There has to be three groups of Jews that bring the Paschal lamb the first one, the second one, the third one. Each one is doing the mitzvah, but happy is the one who is first and not the one who's second, uh, not the one who's third. Even though they're doing a mitzvah, they were lazy. They didn't. They didn't. They weren't first. Why weren't you first? Could you doing a mitzvah? But you should have been first. <clears throat> says the Minchas Bikurim in his uh, commentary on the on the Toi Sefti, He says this is the Gemara is talking about a mitzvah. Imagine if we weren't talking about a mitzvah. For sure, Hashem would not be happy with that if that a person is, is lazy in in, 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 in their obligations. But here we're talking about performance of a mitzvah and still the Gemara Gemara says that this whole group of Jewish people who came third should have been first. There is a taina, there is a claim against them. Why didn't you try harder? Why weren't you first? We find this concept in different forms of the requirement of alacrity, of zealousness, of, of being aggressive in accomplishing our tasks. In many different forms, for example, the Gemara tells us in tractate Pesachim sixty eight b. The Gemara says also that the sacrifice of the Pesach, after it's cut up, the fats can be the fats have to be put on top of the mizbech. They have to be put on top of the altar. So the Gemara says that the fats can be put on top of the altar if let's say if let's say erev Pesach, the day before Pesach, comes out to be on Shabbos. So the Gemara says you could put the fats on the altar on Shabbos even though one shouldn't uh, transgress the Shabbos, but for this mitzvah, one is allowed to put them on on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, why put them on on Shabbos? You could put the fats on the Mizbeach the entire night following, on Pesach night. Why you have to transgress the Shabbos? Just put them on on the Mizbeach. right Right after Shabbos is over, on Yontav of Pesach. So the Gemara says, no, we permit the, transgression of the transgressing of the Shabbos because chaviva mitzvah bishaita. That a mitzvah is beloved in its proper time. So much so that the rabbis wanted the mitzvah to be done right away. It's so beloved that they allowed that you should be able to transgress the Shabbos in order to perform the mitzvah. On page 4 in tract Sachim, the Gemara says that even though one can do perform the mitzvah of Brismila the entire day. The mitzvah is to do it in the morning. Why? Because by Yashkim Avraham Baboikir it says in Parshas Va'ira, Avraham got up in the morning to perform the mitzvah of Hashem to go and sacrifice his son. Because of that, we learn Zriiza Magdim the mitzvah, that those people who want to perform the mitzvah are zealous. The first thing, that first opportunity that they have, they get up in the morning like Avraham Avinu to perform the mitzvah. And this type of attitude of being aggressive, when we have the opportunity, taking advantage of the opportunity, not letting it fester, not letting it sit, but having it done, as soon as we have the, the, the capability, can define our entire avoider, It can define our entire service. can define our entire lives. It can change the way that we, that, that we are perceived by Hashem, and it can change our entire attitude and help us do tshuva. This we find in the Rashi in Parshas There the Torah says, "Ushmartem es hamatzos. One should keep the matzos. One should make sure, as Rashi explains, that the matzos when they're being baked do not become chametz. If, you, if one sees that the matzah is, is the bubbles up or it's not cooking, it's not baking in the proper way, and it's going to become chametz, one is obligated to make sure that the matzah does not become chametz. Ushmartem, you should keep the matzos. But says Rashi, in the name of the Medrash, some, the Medrash wants to read the word matzos as mitzvah. Ushmartem es mitzvis. mitzvah Shi'im that if the mitzvah comes into your hand, don't let it ferment. Don't let it sit. Do it right away. So the Maral, in his commentary, in the Gur Aryeh, in his commentary on Rashi, asks, is there a connection between these two things? These two seemingly disparate ideas of where one should make sure that the matzah is, uh, doesn't become chametz, and one should not let the mitzvah fester, and they should do the mitzvah right away. Is there a connection between the two things, or are they just a play on words? So says the Maral, of course, there is a connection between these two ideas. Actually, says the Maral, these two ideas are exactly the same, in the following way. He says, you know that we read in the Haggadah of Pesach, we read in the Haggadah of Pesach, that Hashem, did not it took the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim so fast that their dough did not become chametz. Says the morale, this is the character of Hashem. The character of Hashem is the character of spirituality. The character of that's opposite, that's antithetical to physicality is speed, is being fast, is sort of speak, being beyond time. Time is a physical entity. And something which is spiritual is not confined to time. Something which acts in a, in a in a in a in a matter seems to have seems to be not beyond the confines of time. Therefore, when Hashem does something, it's done quickly. Nothing happens. The chomet doesn't happen. So, when we do a mitzvah slowly, says Rashi, when we says the Marah, when we do a mitzvah slowly that indicates a physicality, a, a, a laziness, a, a festering, a fermenting of the mitzvah. It's, the, it's antithetical to spirituality altogether. It's, 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 uh, it, it's not godly-like. If one wants to be godly-like, compare himself to Hashem. If one wants to properly serve the Rebosh everything must be quickly, aggressively, zealousness, with Jesus, with alacrity. And therefore, of course, the two things are related. The whole character of the Jewish people is alacrity because they are God's people. And when Hashem takes them out, He takes them out in order to be spiritual. And the Jewish people, therefore, are spiritual. And therefore, the character which defines them is that they do everything quickly. From this we see that we may be doing things right. We may be going to Shul. We may be learning Torah. But... Are we aggressive in our service of Hashem? Are we aggressive? Do we go after it? Do we go after being better? Do we go after coming to shul? Are we zealous in performing the mitzvahs, in learning Torah? This can define our entire character. We might be able to check off all the boxes, but as a general whole, as a definition of who we are. We have the potential to turn around and to change ourselves completely in who we are, even though our actions are the same, if we just tweak a little bit of how, what is our attitude towards Yiddishkeit? What is our attitude in the in the, in the performance of the mitzvahs? What is our perspective? And the perspective can be everything. You know, there was once a ship that was uh, that was sinking, so they sent out a uh, they sent out a, uh, a message to us. Uh, uh, whoever was listening, were sinking. So there was a a German battleship that was uh, in the area. Then they got the message. Then they sent the message back to the boat. They said, what are you sinking about? It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of our attitude. And one area where we can do tshuva, when it comes to how we serve Hashem is... To make sure to be more aggressive, to have a better attitude about how we perform the mitzvahs. Let's take a look at one famous story with Nachomish Gamzu in Tinus twenty one A. Nachemish Gamzu, we know. He was once travelling on the on the road and his on his donkey, and there was a poor person. Met him on the road and he asked him for money he asked him for food. And Nachomish Gamzu said to him, Nachumish Gamzu said to him, wait a second until I take out the packages and I'll give you something to eat. As he was taking the packages, the Gemara says that the, the poor person died. The terrible state that Nachumish Gamzu, the punishment that he put himself through for his lack of alacrity, for his lack of zealousness, how he became a paraplegic with a body full of boils and blind to punish himself because he wasn't fast enough, because he wasn't quick enough, because he didn't feel the pain. He didn't feel what he has to do to come after it. It could change, it could color our entire attitude. Everybody needs room for improvement. All of us. And especially in the night of slichas, in the night of introspection, this perhaps may be one area that we can concentrate on and see how we do things compared to the rest of our lives. And there's a story told about the difference in, in uh, this week's pasha in the Sefer Vayervna. The poor person who's collecting money. He so comes to this rich person to ask him for money. And the rich person says to him, Eh, leave me alone now, I'm busy. i got to make uh, calculations. He sits down at, the, at, at his table and he starts calculating uh, his, uh, all of his accountings to make sure that uh, he says, I'm, I'm very busy. If I make one mistake, it could, be, it could mean a lot of money for me. Come back when I'm not busy. So the poor person says, that's a great idea, you know. So he sits down the table next to him. The rich person looks up at him. And the poor person also he takes out his pennies and he starts looking through the pennies to see, uh, to see how many pennies he's got. You know, he starts counting his pennies. So the rich person looks at him and says, what are you doing? He says, you said I got to make an accounting of, uh, of my stuff. So I figured that's a great idea. I'll make an accounting of my money also. The rich person is very amused by this, and he says to the poor person, he says, what are you trying to figure out? What's the difference between you and me? How much money you need in order to reach my level? He says, no, 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 I got that figured out already. Don't worry about that. He says, oh, you do, don't you? So uh, what's the difference between you and me? He says, you should know. I researched this and I asked experts, and the difference between you and me is very small. It's only $10. So, he's, so the rich person says to the poor person, how do you figure that? How do you figure that it's only $10? He says, it's very simple. I went to the local mortuary, and I asked him, you know, how many sets of different tachrichim do you have? The, uh, the uh, burial clothing. So the, they told me, they have two. They have for the poor, and they have for the rich. So I asked them, what's the difference in price between the poor and the rich? So they told me, $10. So the difference between you and me is $10. The Mishnah tells us in Pirkei Avos, chapter 6, that when a person passes away after 120 years, the only thing that comes along with him is his his, maisim, his good deeds and the Torah that he learned. That's the only thing that's important in life. Nothing else matters. That's the only thing that we can take with us. There is no difference between one and the other. It's our attitude towards the service of Hashem. And this is hinted to in the titles of the last partials of the Torah. Ki when you will go, when you will go where? When you will go, when a person will go, when they will die. What's going to happen then? Kisovo, they will come. Where they're going to come to? They're going to come to Olam Abba. And what's going to be over there? Nitzavim, Everybody's going to be standing. And there's going to be a din. There's going to be a judgment. Vayelech. And where is everybody going to go? Where is everybody going to go? It depends. Azinu, if you listen to the words of the Torah, if a person committed themselves to the ideals and the service of Hashem, Azinu, then Vizoysa Bracha. Then that person will have bracha. That person will have blessing. And if not, khashalam the opposite. so this is our opportunity to grow this is our opportunity not to be complacent and satisfied with our lot this is our opportunity to improve and not only improve on a specific level but on a global level to change that Hashem has given us during these days to do tshuva at the beginning of slichos so that when we offer ourselves as a sacrifice on Rosh Hashanah we can come in front of Hashem without blemish ready and willing And excited to serve Hashem with alacrity, with aggressiveness to get after it and have an attitude of getting it done and commitment. And in this way, Mitz Hashem will be successful in correcting our ways and being able to grow further in the service of Hashem.